uh, I thought a 2015 Cab Franc from Luca would be great. I'm not done with my beer yet though, so we'll just let those glasses aerate a little bit. And then here we are. Oh my God, I'm so loud on this thing. Um, it's loud. Yeah. So here we are. It's <laughs> season two of the song challenge. This is Gothic Rock. This is, we're finally getting to it. This is what y'all been waiting for. What? I said, this is what y'all been waiting for. Oh, I thought you asked which album have you been waiting for? And I'm like, what do you mean which wow. album? Oh my God, Bowie is squeaking. <laughs> So let's let's make the introduction. Yes, I'm Coco. I'm Sid, and that's not the introduction I was talking about. <laughs> oh. I was talking about the introduction to the new addition to our family. Oh yes. Bowie Beauregard Bolin, who is inside squeaking his freaking toy right now, which mm -hmm. at least he's playing with a toy and not tearing something up. Correct. Uh, that, you know that squeak toy doesn't make for good goth rock. No, commentary. it's too happy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have a new dog. Right, we have a new dog. He is a Labrador mix. He's black with a little bit of white. And he's kind of like some reddish dark brown in his and I, But like by his ears. By a his ears bit. and yeah, yeah. And you get in his tail too. Yeah. You can see it. He's yeah. really cool. Yeah. He's very mouthy. Mouthy and, and still I have bruises. Still excitable as Should've a Should have named him Bruiser. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, he uh was adopted. Yes. We adopted he's, him. He's we, a rescue. we rescued him. We, we yeah. saved his life. And now he's making it impossible to record. We didn't have to pay the nineteen dollars a month to sponsor or anything, you know. And right, listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song in the background. Neglected animals. <laughs> in yours okay, so that's not goth music yeah. at all. <laughs> but yeah, so. <coughs> Did so I already say he's about a year old? No. But okay, he's about a year old. Right. Still a puppy. Yeah. So anyway, um, so Gothic Rock, tonight on our episode, we're going to be uh, disclosing our lists so everyone will know the songs that we'll be going up against each other. <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna, I gotta close, we're going to have to close our door. And Let's the see. window. Oh, the window's open? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> do you want to do that? I'll do it. Okay. I'll just drink my beer. Okay. 
So, should we share the story about the goth-ish music coming from Techno House? Yes. It was a shock. Yeah. That's for sure. So we have neighbors that uh, have played techno in the background during previous podcast recordings. Yeah, in fact, um, I think on a couple... I think it, we could catch it in, could catch in it a little sound, bit yeah. because... It, well, I caught it when I was listening to it on the stereo in my vehicle because there's a lot more low-end response, and so you could hear the... You know, or whatever. And it's fine. I mean, they're not rude about it. It's not, like, super loud or anything. It doesn't keep us awake or anything. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, you know when they open the door. Right. <laughs> So today I'm in the backyard doing some work and I'm like, this, this, wait, this is the Smiths. This is, please let me get what I want by the Smiths. What the heck? And then. Yeah, what the heck? And then it was, what else we heard? What? Echo and the Bunnymen? And then uh, oh, Bauhaus. Bauhaus's Bella Lugosi's Dead was playing. And I'm I like, think that they were celebrating Halloween or something. I don't know. Right. Maybe. I mean, it's. October. It's only the 12th of October, so. We're almost halfway through the month. I know. Yeah. Right. So, um, I guess just let's get right to it then. Uh, do you want to do your list first? Sure. All right. Uh, so, without further ado, oh, uh, before we do this, I will say if you go to our YouTube channel, that's just Sid versus Coco, S Y D V S C O C O, on YouTube, we do have a playlist that has all of these songs. So, if you want to check them out, you can check them out there. Um, and our, our playlist from our first season of the Song Challenge, the 80s New Wave, is still up there. So you can do that. And you'll, I, I think that shows like what we've recently been watching. And those are all videos from our daughter because <laughs> the YouTube player on our TV in the front room is connected, is to, connected that. to that account. Yeah. So yeah, you'll get to see a lot of Madonna and craft work lately. She's been Bach. listening to. And oh yeah, that's right. Um, Just crazy stuff. Oh, probably some Disney movie. Mindful uh, Chair Yoga. Yeah, <laughs> and some like some uh, touring Disney Disney videos. Something like that. Yeah, San Francisco stuff. Oh, that's right. She's been on that yeah. lately. That's always funny. Oh, Monterey Bay Aquarium. Monterey Bay Aquarium. Right. Definitely. Right. Because like, isn't that a uh, is it Hank Green? Yeah, the it's that the went, um, and she watches it's that video. The, uh, Vlog Brothers channel yeah. where Hank posted his video about when he and his wife went to the Monterey right. Bay Aquarium. So anyway, yeah. It's a fun channel. <coughs> I'll cut that out. <laughs> Alright, so um, I guess go ahead and we'll start with your list. Alrighty, guys. So, uh, first up on my list is a song that was just uh, played today by Techno House. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Lips Like Sugar. It's all sugar. Yeah. Not pour some sugar on me. <laughs> no, because that's not God. But yeah, Lips Like Sugar by Echo and the Bunnymen. It was released in August of 1987. I was only five years old. I had graduated high school. <laughs> I was, as a matter of fact, August 1987, I turned 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you know how far apart we are in age. And then it's the second single from their eponymous album. That means self-titled. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Right. Because <laughs> you have to use big words. Well, I mean, that's what I stole from the Wikipedia entry. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we have some information. Right. Yeah. So, and then it reached number 36 in the UK, 24 in Ireland, and 43 in New Zealand. It did not chart in the United States. 
Anything special about that song you want to add? Is it meaningful to you in it's any way? It's not really something that's meaningful. It's yeah. just something that it, it's very catchy and, and upbeat. Yeah. Considering that a lot of Echo's music is pretty kind of sappy and sad and right and uh, darker tones. There you go, Charlie. Just yeah. you know, mess up your mom's microphone. That's cool. Yeah. She she just jumped up on my lap. Yeah, I know. Right. So yeah, I just like that song a lot, and I felt like it should at least be on this list. That's it, fair. It might not sound dark and gothy, but if you go to a goth club... You'll, there's a good chance you'll hear it, yeah. yeah. There's a good chance. All right. Next, She Sells Sanctuary by The Cult, released in 1985 on a love album, and hit 15 on UK singles. Woo! Woo. I have a feeling there's not going to be a lot of like number one hits on this list. Mm, yeah. Or my list. I mean, just goth rock in general yeah, is yeah, not yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. that it's goes not, to number one. It's not a mainstream thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not what most people listen to. But it's a good song. Yeah. She Sells Sanctuary is a good song by them. And I, th- their love album did have a lot of really like darker, mm-hmm. obviously gothy stuff. Yep. All right. Next very goth song mm-hmm. from one of the most goth movies ever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> it's Burn by The Cure. Yes. I don't know if you can guess what movie that song's from. I don't need to guess. It's written on our show notes. <laughs> it's uh, from the Crow soundtrack from 19... Was that 93 or 94? Let me 94 see. is it what? It was 94? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It was... Uh, Filmed in 1993, and mm-hmm. then that's when Brandon Lee was killed on set. Killed on set, yeah. That's why 93 was popping up. In my that's head. that's why that movie's so goth. Is somebody actually died during yeah. the filming of it? And <laughs> that that that's haunting. Yeah. Spooky. Right, but did you see the note I added about that one? I I haven't got there yet. Okay. Do you w- go ahead and read it? No. <laughs> okay. Its inclusion on the soundtrack is notable because influences from the band are present in the original comic book on which the movie was based. Yeah. Base. I thought that was pretty cool, though, because... How low can you go? Yeah. Is, uh... You know, the the Cure, which technically is not full-on a goth band. They're kind of all over the chart. They're mm-hmm. they're post-punk, psychedelia kind of stuff, right? They even got some poppy-sounding stuff in there and that. And I arguably, like, what was it, 1988 when Disintegration came out? was like, oh, it's so dark. It's so dark and depressing. I'm going to slit my wrists right now. Right. And then after that, they had the, in what, 92, 91? Or shoot up heroin. I don't know which the, one to choose. The, the High Tour, the, the High album. Was it High? High. The one that had Friday I'm in Love and all that business, right? Mm-hmm. Much more poppy, much more upbeat and whatever. And I was like, yeah, The Cures, I mean, it was a good album. But I was like, yeah, they're kind of less... I always like the darker, more brooding Cure stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when this song came out, I'm like, oh, this reminds me so much of mm-hmm. like the darker brooding Cure. Yep. So anyway, good tune. Definitely. All right. Coming up. Here we go. <laughs> this one is a, a favorite of Scarlet's. Yep. Love Like Blood by Killing Joke. Yes. Uh, I can't tell you how many times she played that song over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, on the... When she found it on a CD. In, yeah. Yeah. It's cute. But yeah, it uh, comes from January 1985. Yep. And top ten in the Netherlands and New Zealand. P 
peaked at 16 in the UK. Notice, not on the United States charts. Yeah. England, UK, in general, basically just the, so much better than us. The rest of the world just <laughs> had so much better goth selection. Yeah, a lot more depressed people, maybe. I maybe don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. All right, bugs flying. Bugs flying everywhere. Next up, a strange kind of love by Peter Murphy. It was released in 1990. And it was the third single from Peter Murphy's album, Deep, released in 1989. Deep. <laughs> Peaked at number 21 on U.S. Billboard. Hey, we're on the U.S. Billboards. Hey. Didn't, didn't you put this song on those compilation CDs that you made for me when we were first together? I think I did. Yeah, I think this was on there. Because the backstory on that is she made... I might have. She made... It's uh, been so long. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like a decade or something. Almost, almost 10 years ago. But, um, yeah, you made... Uh, three. It was three CDs, and what you did is you picked a song from every year that you'd been alive. Yeah, that I had been alive, starting with the year I was born, and so, moving on up. Yeah. And every uh, she put a song on there from every year, and so, and I'm pretty sure that was the 1990 song. Was it? Pretty sure that that was it. Okay. I'm pretty because I'm pretty sure that was on the yeah. CDs. Yeah. Um, when we've been, when when we hit our 10 year anniversary, I expect. Um, a CD covering those 10 years. But um, you know, music isn't as good as it used to be. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sure you'll find a way. You'll find songs that are appropriate. Okay. I trust you. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> on up to yeah. Day of the Lords by Joy Division. Right. You know, one of those deep cuts. Yeah, it, it actually is. <laughs> it's from Unknown Pleasures, which was released in June 1979. And yeah, it was not released as a single. But if you know that album, you know that song. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure that somewhere that song has been played on some movie or TV show or Oh, I'm sure it has. Something. Someone, if they know Joy Division, I'm sure they Or like it. an instrumental version used as a kind of like a musical score in the behind something. Yeah. Ooh. You know. Yeah. You know what happened. Okay. All right. In the inevitable. <laughs> Well, would you believe it? How'd this get on this list? <laughs> Who put this on here? Oh, yeah, it was me. It was you. Um, Dance With Me by Lords of the New Church. Uh, you might remember, if you are a returning listener, that this song made an appearance in a previous song challenge. The, the only previous song challenge on this <laughs> podcast. And I was the one that submitted that song. Right. And I fought for it. You know, somehow I think that even if we did like an all Bee Gees song challenge, you would somehow get <laughs> yeah, this song on the list. Country Western. <laughs> you, would, you would get this song on the list somehow. Uh, yeah, I'd find a cover of it that sounded right. like fucking the Gibbs. All right, so go, go ahead yeah, and um, tell me all about this it's song. It's from the Is Nothing Sacred album released in 1983. I was a year old. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I love that song. I was in uh, middle school playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That's so goth. Ooh. Let's see. Satanic Panic. I know. It was during that time. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, uh, 1983, and then it reached number 85 on the UK single charts. See, these are deep cuts, people. We're not like picking like popular songs that everybody knows. This is like, we're serious about this shit. Sorry, I'm going, I'm interrupting you. Yeah, list. I mean, do you see the Smiths on here? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I think I have them on here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> next um, 
It's a, another song featuring the vocals of Peter Murphy, this time with Bauhaus. Right. It's The Sanity Assassin. Great song. It's a non-album single released in 1983. Great song. It didn't song. chart. No, but it's a great song. It also appeared at a, 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 a rewind. It also appeared as a bonus track on a CD re-release of the Burning From The Inside album. And, if I remember correctly, the Bauhaus archive video thing that they had oh at the end over the credits i think sanity assassin i think you're right that, what, what was it it was, like, it was like archive archive like sunlight and shadows or something, something like that yeah yeah i have it i had it on vhs i have it on dvd I and think. you have it on dvd i don't know yeah. where that dvd is i'm, hope, I'm assuming i, it's I believe we still have it over there on the shelf just on the shelf yeah. yes but yeah right. it came when i had it on vhs it came in like this nice like uh clamshell case mm -hmm. And the art had like the foil on it, and it oh, was wow. pretty neat. Nice. Yeah, I got mine at uh, Gen Con when I went there in 2007. There was this uh, booth that was selling DVDs. I'm pretty sure most of them were um, not bootleg in the sense that it wasn't like it was bootleg recordings, but I think it was like the, the DVD I got. I'm pretty sure it's somebody who had like the VHS and ripped it. And yeah. cleaned it up mm -hmm. and, and yeah. formatted because it for DVD. Because they don't think that that was no. ever, so ever, was ever, ever, ever released, released on, on, DVD. on DVD. Yeah, they, they seem to have that booth. Seem to have a lot of bootleggy kind bootleggy of bootleggy kind of DVD like stuff, like a flea market kind of but thing. I'll, but I'll tell you, when you see a Bauhaus DVD, you buy it on D Yeah, you and buy it. How much did you pay for it? Maybe? I think ten. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Because when I had to buy that. Gosh, that thing was pretty expensive because it was pretty rare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to say I, I paid at least thirty or forty dollars for the oh, VHS. Oh, I'm certain of that. I'm certain of that. At the time. So yeah. Because you know that was in the nineties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. When you could still get VHS. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. All right. So moving along to yes. um, the second half of your list. Yeah, it's not an older song, but I mean it's. Now that I think about what year we're in right now, it's kind of older. Mm -hmm. White Chalk by PJ Harvey. Good song. It is a track from the album of the same name and released in September 2007. Wait, so when you say the album of the same name, was the album named PJ Harvey or was the album named White Chalk? I'll, I'll be quiet now, sorry. I don't want to slap you. You can't see the look she just gave me on this podcast, but let me tell so yeah, you. Yeah, September 2007, that was 12 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's already over 10 years old. Yeah. Now, we have Father's Grave by Melissa Oftamar, featuring mm -hmm. Glenn Danzig on vocals. It's from the album Out of Our Minds, released in 2010. Can, can I just... It's a, another kind of newer song yeah. when you think about can I just say the others on the list. That on your list, I mean, I want my songs to win, obviously. But, I mean, that's why it wouldn't be a challenge if I wanted her songs to win. But on your list, that's the dark horse that I would go for. And depending on what <laughs> it's up against from my list when we randomize them. You never know. You never know. I might just go for that song. You never it's know. it's a great song. Yeah. I really, I mean, I know how to play it on my acoustic. I don't know why we don't, like, sit out here in the patio and sing it together in a duet form. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I'm into duets. Yeah, but, I mean, I could sing just like Glenn Danzig, right? Yes, you can. <laughs> Mother, <laughs> tell your children. I'll stop now, sorry. Yeah, let's just stop. <coughs> All right. Hmm. 
Next, Old Age by Hole. I can't believe this made it to the list, but it's amazing that it did. Released as a B-side to the Violet single in March 1995, and that's so funny because I remember when that came out and all the hype. And then when the video was released, it, I, I mean, I remember it was like MTV premiere, you know? <laughs> like yeah. it, was, it was a big deal. But yeah, uh, so anyway, yeah, co-written, sort of. Sort of. By Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of confused, though, because on the notes that you put on here, it's swapping the the letters of the first and last name. I it was that am <laughs> certain that I just did a typo because that happens. <laughs> because right here it says Kurt with a C and Cobain with a K. <laughs> That's well, you see, that was his doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> what you didn't know was that. Yeah. Yeah, much like Paul McCartney, who you know who died and was replaced by someone who looked and sounded and played just like him for the Beatles, remember? Yeah. Was it from Abbey Road? Like, yeah, oh, see, he was barefoot on the cover. He, that means he's dead or blah, it's blah, like, Jesus. blah. Jesus. Well, yeah, it's like, oh, they don't bury people with their shoes and blah. It's like, whatever. <laughs> That's what happened. Kurt Cobain yeah, like, died. How high do you have to be to, to right. come up with that kind of story? Kurt Cobain died before, like, all of this. And so, and they were, he had a doppelganger, Kurt Cobain yeah. with a C. And a, anyway, that's dumb. I'll... I'll edit all that out later. Yeah, so it was re-released on the Rarities compilation in October 1997. Good too. And I'm trying to think about that because I realized that you were the the awesome person that compiled some of these notes behind the songs. Uh-huh. And I wa- excuse me, I can't even talk right now. I want to say that that was off of the My Body, The Hand Grenade compilation. Mm-hmm. That had like a lot of rarities and B sides and, and, be, and yeah. stuff like that, and then some of like their tracks from when they did MTV Unplugged. Oh right, yeah. Right. So yeah. it was a good album. I liked it. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so like that song a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't doubt that Kurt and Courtney wrote that song together. Yeah. Uh, or that maybe he came out with a rough draft and, and wanted to give it to her and she changed it up a bit. But who cares? They were right. fucking married. Yeah. And they both were They're really both talented. They're both in the music. Both they in the both music. did music together. Both talented. They weren't lying about it. Both original with the stuff they did, very mm-hmm. much so. Yeah. I mean, they, they would perform like, you know, like little duet sets, like both of them playing their acoustics and yeah. like little bars and shit. And you so. know what? Here's the other thing. Both of them were at the whims of their producers. Yeah. So think you know. about that right um all right here's one that might surprise some some might maybe i don't know it's a possibility hyacinth house by the doors a 1971 song that appears on their album la woman i wanted or to break into the baseline of Femme LA woman. los angeles <laughs> um the music was composed by ray manzarek and references Polonaise, not mayonnaise. Not mayonnaise. In A flat major by Chopin. Yeah, and that's what I thought was really awesome. But like when you first suggested the song, I'm like, what? The doors? I mean, I know that like anybody who listened to the first episode in this series, uh, the goth intro to goth rock. I, by the way, if you hadn't listened to that yet, go pause this. How go long ago was that when we did that? March, shit? I think. Yeah. Maybe May. We've had so much crap but, going on. But seriously, if you haven't listened to that yet. Go back and listen to it, because it'll tell you all of like our 
individual personal background with goth rock it'll give you some history about it it'll it, i mean we try to get factual and educational on it and that we don't want to just so, throw things out yeah. and be like oh here's some content for you because yeah. this is just so important we know that you're but, dying to yeah. to hear from us every week but yeah that's the point being is like <laughs> the term gothic rock was the first reference of that was a trip an, at, uh, an attribution to jim morrison's voice mm -hmm. so um and you know when you hear like the the organ mm -hmm. and just the the instruments and and it might not just be the topic that they're singing about but it's the music behind yeah. it that to me it this can be a goth rock challenge yes but that doesn't mean that it has to be something where the subject matter of a song is just completely devastating yeah. and well you know, i mean here's the thing most of these songs on our lists, you won't hear them in a goth rock club. Right. But we both feel that all of these songs really do embody the the spirit of what goth rock really is. Um, interestingly enough, I want to point out that this song is not the oldest song on our lists. Mm-hmm. So. Next up. Yes. Another oldie. And a goodie. <laughs> After All by David Bowie. It's Whoa. off the album The Man Who Sold the World in 1970, which, I mean, come on. There you go. It's really cool that Nirvana let him record that song all the way. Back in 1970, you know, I yeah. mean, Kurt was, what, three years old? Three. And he had already written that song? I know, it's amazing. What the hell? Like, how, he was a freaking genius. I know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, Enough said on that one. <laughs> released as a single that year in the U.S. And... Yep. I might add, it sounds eerily similar to the song Grim Grinning Ghosts featured in the Haunted Mansion ride. Yeah, it sure does. Hmm. Which came first, David Bowie's song or the Haunted Mansion ride? Well, that's the thing because Haunted Mansion came out in 1969. Yeah. And this song came out in 1970. A so lot of amazing Did he things. know or is it just a coincidence? A lot of amazing things came out in 1969. I know. You came out of a vagina. <laughs> right. In 1969. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I really wanted to say about that. Mm hmm. All and, right. And then next we have. In dulce decorum. <laughs> I like how I said that. Yeah, doesn't that mean like. Um, uh, uh, the. the not, not really like sweetest perfection, but um, like something that's very proper and mm -hmm. and and it's but it but it like it's a, a a proper and uh pure and proper pure and proper kind of like that yeah. and and sweet though yes so cheers yeah cheers. so that by the damned mm -hmm. was released 16th of november 1987 yes originally planned to be on the anything album and I thought it was on the Anything album, or was that just an add-on? I think it was an, on a later release, like when they oh, put it on CD, they started putting those things I on see. it. I see, okay, yeah. Okay, and then it reached 72 on UK charts and was featured in the third season of Miami Vice, and I remember that What crap. a crazy inclusion that is. <laughs> you think about Don Johnson with yeah. his shoes and no socks. Sperry Topsiders. His white pants and his white blazer, or yeah. pink button up underneath With the blazer. With the shoulder I, I pads know. in the blazer. Don't yeah. get wrong. Don't, yeah. don't forget that, I should say. In, was it Miami? Yeah. Hmm. 
That's crazy. Does he look like someone that will listen to the damn? No. I don't think so. No. So there's All right. that. All right. A very interesting fact. I know, isn't that? Yeah. I, I thought that was a neat but little... But it also makes me think, okay, Miami Vice, I remember, you know, watching it because it was a thing. Yeah. And I, I wasn't, like, uh, in the air tonight, featured Might in some sort of, like, pivotal storyline. It could have been. Like, it, maybe it was maybe it was the last episode ever of Miami Vice. I don't remember. I mean, but yeah. again, I had just graduated high school, and... and this so whoever was doing the music for that show clearly had a darker soul. Yeah, but I, I just want to point out that, like, and this is going to sound kind of snobbish, and it's not my intent, but... You're a snob. That was right around the time that I kind of said, well, I don't really want to watch TV that much because I would rather go out and hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, you know, I didn't watch it that It much. wasn't that important to you. No. Yeah. No. That's fair. All right. All right. We've got two more songs to go on my list. Right. Let's get to them. Israel by Susie and the Banshees. Fantastic song. Released the 28th of November, 1980. So that was released before John Lennon was murdered. Oh, you're right. Didn't like, think about that. Like just like a, a couple f- weeks. Yeah. Was it December 8th? Yes. December 8th, 1980. And this was November was that 28th. 10 days before or something like that? Uh, yes, because there's 30 days in November. So yeah. yes, 10 days. Yep. Wow. Boom. Interesting little connection there. Uh, appeared on Once Upon a Time the following year. Oh, yeah, the singles collection. Yeah. Yeah. I like that song a lot. I do, too. Uh, I like the, uh, I guess you, like, was it like more like of a flange in the guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. There, that was a big, um, that, was that John McCock that played uh, guitar on that, I think? And he was really big on the phasing and flanging effects on his guitar mm-hmm. and some of my favorite effects in fact if you look at my long disused pedal board for my guitar i have a uh, uh, an original mxr phase 100 series uh phaser that was made in the 70s mm-hmm. and I, I even had to drill it and adapt the um power adapter so i didn't have to keep changing the nine volt battery on the darn thing yeah so yeah and I, I used it a lot in the last band that I played in because I really love that yeah. effect. And it was a great analog pedal. It was a fantastic analog. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase. It is a fantastic analog pedal. I still have it. Right. Okay. Um, I wanted just to say that as big as that song sounds, like really how many instruments do you hear? There's, you've got drums and bass yeah. and guitar and like maybe some keyboards. Yeah, maybe. But... There's not and then Susie's voice, a, yeah. Yeah, and there's not a lot going with it, but it sounds like a, a bigger... Well, that was one of the things, uh, too, when we talked a little bit about the guitar in goth rock music. Is like the it really fills it up. got a lot of, lot of reverb going, the a lot of... Overlaying. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Yeah, so I like it. I do, too. It's got good properties. It does. I like the properties. Well, yeah, who doesn't? All right. Last one on my list is Romeo's Distress by Christian Death. Yeah. It's probably like the token goth song. The real Christian death. <laughs> None of this Valor Cond business. Oh, this God. is this is the Roz Williams. We probably talked about this on. We the, did. Yeah. We and we told the yeah. story of going to see Christian yeah, death with Valor Cond. Never again. Never again. No. But yeah, from the album only theater of pain. Right. People at the techno house are coming out. 
<laughs> right. I think, um, I think Bowie's over there in the garden. By yeah. Him. Oh, here he comes. No, it was Charlie. It Bowie's was inside. Yes, you're right. It was Charles. Anyway, as I was saying, yeah, sorry. released March of 1982. Hmm, I go. was born in February. Yeah, How goth is that? You were a month old. <laughs> yeah. And was called the Gothic Album to Out Goth or Gothic All Others. Oh, there you go. So, um, that's so gothic. That's your list, then, right? Yep, that's my list. I, uh, that's an awesome list. Uh, you, you have made an incredible list, and I wonder if my list will stand up to yours. Nope. <laughs> well, time shall tell. Uh, I would love to get into my list. Get into it. I'm going to pause us. Pause us. So I can pee. I'll pee too. At and the same time, in the same toilet. Well, no, I was going to go to the outside men's room. Never mind, I'm not going to the same Right. But I think while you're inside, you should check on Bowie. Okay, good idea. So, yeah. So, here, here's the pause button. So, okay. That's all handled. We handled it. I mean, you handled it. I didn't. You didn't handle I it. I handled... I mean, I didn't really handle myself. No. So much as I just sat there. Anyway. Right. <laughs> right. So, um... All right, so that was your list. And it was. Honestly, what a fantastic list that is. Thank and you. if I may be so kind as to say that your list, I think, was more well thought out and more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you tried to capture the essence of what gothic rock is as opposed to just going for the obviously cool goth song. Um, obviously. And I, and I think there's, re regard. God dang it, I got almost a hiccup there. <laughs> Regardless of the outcome of this song challenge and voting. It's I, pretty fun. I really think that there are some amazing songs here. We've like got some strong contenders. Any of these 32 songs that are in this these two lists um, are, I think, exemplary songs. Um, even taken outside of the context of gothic rock for a lot of your songs. So, So that's amazing. But... But uh, all that aside, let's get to my list. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so I'm coming out the gate. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> you said you're coming out the gate. <laughs> Scary. I'm, I'm coming out the gate with uh, obvious gothic hit in the uh, month of October. In the month of October, right now, which which means, I mean, when are we going to get to the voting? Do you th we probably won't we, get to the voting until you know, after no. Halloween. You know what? No. We're doing this. We are going to fucking bust this shit out. And even if we don't have our number 10 thing going, like, you know, like we've only got like 10 songs left, you know, yeah. like to choose from by the end of this month, I, I still want to get moving. Uh, well, I do oh, too. Oh. I just, I, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, I don't and know. It would October be... is the perfect month to bust out and, a yeah. gothic rock song challenge. And you say this when it's now the 12th of October. And that means we have to record, I think, three or four more episodes. And I have to edit them all. And I don't know if I have the bandwidth to upload them all in October. Hey, I didn't say we were going to be releasing all of it in the month oh, of October. I okay. just said we were going to record it. All right. Well, that's fair. All right. We'll check that in post. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So, first song on my list, Halloween by the Misfits. It was released on Halloween. No way. In 1981. I was not alive. I was. I was in utero. That's a Nirvana album. Uh, I know. 
<laughs> almost said in vitro. Right. So <laughs> by this time, we finally got to his list, and I've had a couple beers. Yeah. So. But wait, I'm we're drinking. Silly. We are very goth. We're drinking our blood red wine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's our a, Cab Franc. Yeah, it's a 2015 Cab Franc. I that might have been in the in the pre-roll opening. Not sure. Because I think I said something about it when I opened it, and I believe that my intention was to include me opening it and talking Pouring about it, it within yeah. the, in the prior to the right. intro. Song. Okay, so Halloween. Oh yeah. I apologize. Uh, it was from the Three Hits from Hell EP, and it was their first single to feature their new guitarist, which I didn't note his name down, and I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. But anyway, yeah. So there's that. Moving on, my number two song, "All Cats Are Gray." By Not all of them. It's the name of a song. <laughs> By The Cure. It was also released in 1981 on April 14th. It's from their album Faith, which is one of my favorite Cure albums. Uh, albums number two, three, and four by The Cure are my favorite Cure albums. Oh, there's Faith, Pornography. Yeah, Faith was the third, Pornography was the fourth. Uh, 17 Seconds was the oh, second yeah. album in 1980, and I, I love all mm. three of those. Those are just, they are the most, they're like the darkest, post-punk I love it anyway um, oh okay so the the song All Cats Are Grey though Robert Smith said that it was inspired by novels by Mervyn Peak. if you know who he is I do not I don't either so please email <laughs> me and tell me who he is if you know who he is yeah. inquiring right. minds want to know right so so continuing on my list of obviously goth songs Number three. Obviously. Christian Says by Tones on Tail. Christian Says. Right. So those <laughs> those who don't know, which I, I believe we talked about this in our intro to the goth rock thing, but Tones on Tail was a small project done by two of the members of Bauhaus and their, wrote, their guitar technician. Uh, so it was Daniel Ash and Kevin Haskins, the guitarist and the drummer, and Glenn Cambling, I think was his name. <laughs> Not, Glenn Campbell. No. <laughs> no. Um, oh, it, it was God. It was released. Like a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> that is not goth. So, it was released um, in 1982. Nice. on the. You, <laughs> Sorry. It was released in 1982 on their Tones on Tail EP, and then it was re-released in 1998 on their double CD that it was called Everything and had all of their songs. So, yeah. All right, so moving on. Number four, Shadow of Love by The Damned. Did you have a Damned song on your list? Yeah, in Dulce Decorum. Oh, right, in Dulce Decorum, right. So my song, Shadow of Love, uh, was released as a single June 10th, 1985, uh, and it was from the album Phantasmagoria, which was released in July of 1985. Um Phantasmagoria was actually the word of the day on my email word of the day, really? like two or three days ago, uh, <laughs> and it basically means like a um, a, a vivid uh, vision or imagery that blends with uh, like real, like when reality and imagination blend in your sight. That's a phantasmagoria. Is it like a mirage? No, 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 not like a mirage. It's a phantasmirage? No, it's like when when like imaginary things that are, don't actually exist, you see them almost like. Blended in with what you're actually seeing in reality. That's a phantasmagoria. Uh, also, I think uh, a series of rapidly changing images, uh, usually uh, uh, composed of light and dark elements, you know, that rap go past your eyes rapidly. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, the thing I wanted to point out about their album, um, Phantasmagoria, the, 
all of the songs on that album were centered around Dave Vanian's voice, which gave them all a gothic feeling. Well, I mean, hello, it's Dave Vanian. Right, and remember from our last episode on gothic rock, go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. We mentioned Dave Vanian and how he was a grave digger. Yep. I mean, you, you don't get much more goth than that. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't it be awesome if, like, I could retire and just, like, be, like, the groundskeeper at a cemetery? Um, yeah. I think we've talked about this, like, a long time ago, about, like, that would probably be a really cool job to have. Yeah. Especially if, like, you lived yeah, just on the grounds. Drive around the riding <laughs> mower, fixing sprinklers. Or a golf cart. Yeah, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Number five, Dead Souls by Joy Division. Hmm. I mean, it's got dead in the title. It means it's dead. goth, right? Uh, it was released... released 18th of March, 1980, as the B-side to their song, Atmosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, it was also included in the 2007 CD that was a remastered bonus disc from a live show in Manchester, 13th of July, 1979. Yeah. And also, yes, also, calling back to the Crow soundtrack, uh -huh. Nine Inch Nails did their cover of Dead Souls, and that was a really oh, cool Oh, that's right. Cover. That's right. And you, yeah, Trent it, Reznor it was did like a great true job. to... Uh, it was. It was. I think it was true to the original, but it yeah. just had a more, uh, more modern. Yeah, it was a little more take. Yeah, a little more modern take. A little, little different instrumentation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good tune for sure. Number six, "Prayer" by Christian Death. Again, the real Christian Death, not this Valor Cond business. Uh, released twenty fourth of March, nineteen eighty two. Also from the album "Only Theater of Pain." Which Romeo's Distress oh. came off of. Wouldn't it be crazy if Prayer went up against your uh, Romeo's <laughs> Distress on your list? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it was the last track on side two of the album because that's important. That means it was the last track on the album. It ended the album. Yes. That album was so goth. It ended on that a prayer. That was the finale. Right. <laughs> and it had to be the gothiest goth That ever gothed song. in Gothville. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So... Continuing down the list, uh, another entry from The Damned. I don't know if you noticed, The Damned is a band that I really enjoy. They're so goth. They are. <laughs> Sanctum Sanctorum. By The Damned. By The Damned. <laughs> Released in July of 1985, also from the Phantasmagoria album, which is my favorite Damned album. Um, the, the translation of the title, Sanctum Sanctorum, it transfers from Latin to mean Holy of Holies. And it refers to the holiest place in the tabernacle of the Israelites. Not the tabernacle choir. No. Okay, number eight. Rounding up the first half of my list, Spellbound by Susie and the Banshees. Never the, heard it. Never heard of the... <laughs> I've never heard of that band. No. Uh, released as a single on 22nd of May, 1981. It was the first single from the Juju album. Juju. I know, right? Uh, Poor Juju. And Johnny Marr of the Smiths had said that John McGuck's I think that's how you pronounce his last name. McGock. McGock. Yeah. It's McGock. It's Mc Scottish. McGock. <laughs> it's Scottish. <laughs> it's G E O C H McGock. Yeah. Anyway, it's not I'm, Kyle McLaughlin or no. Sarah McLaughlin. Right. But Johnny Marr said that John McGock's guitar work was so clever, quote so unquote. So clever. And that's coming from Johnny Marr. Yeah, Johnny Marr is incredibly and talented. And he's pretty too. clever. And talented. Yeah. All right. So, that's the first half of my list. Second half of my list, song number nine on my hmm. list. Also by Susie and the Banshees, Spellbound. He's a little obsessed. A little bit? No. Uh, no, I just said Spellbound. I said the wrong one. Hold on. Number nine oh. is Metal <laughs> Postcard by Susie and the Banshees. Released, I just now caught that, I know, too. me too. I'll fix it in post, which means I won't do anything about it. No, we never do. Um, 
It was from the Scream album, August 1978. It had been recorded for a John Peel session premiering in November 1977. Uh, Notable about that album, The Scream, uh, it was recorded in one week and mixed in three days. And I really do like that album. That's a good album. Susie the Banshees has a lot of good albums. And they have a lot of albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, their first album came out in 1977. Yeah. I mean, goth wasn't even called goth back then, kids. Okay, so let's see. Number 10 mm-hmm. on my list yeah, is see. also a Susie and the Banshees song. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you or anything, but I'm making fun of you. Yeah, I know. I can tell by your expression. <laughs> uh, it's Swimming Horses by Susie and the Banshees. Um, I do remember the background behind this. Yeah. yeah. Um, Swimming Horses was off of the Hyena album, and it was released uh, March 16th, 1984, as the first single from that album. Now, I want to note that Hyena, as an album, is very... I, I, I hold it in high regard because Robert Smith was on that album. Mm-hmm. Robert Smith was playing, of course, with The Cure, and I think it was in on their on the Susie and the Banshees tour in 83 that their then guitarist quit mid-tour and Robert stepped up and played guitar with Susie. So he'd come out, play his set with The Cure, go backstage, and then come out and play a full Mm -hmm. set with Susie. And they played the rest of the tour that way. And he continued... He must have been worn out. Oh, God, I can only imagine. (laughs) And he continued playing with Susie um, as their main, well, one of their guitarists uh, and recorded the album Hyena with them. And I really like it. But anyway, so the song. Uh, I I didn't realize this about the song when I first put it on the list, but when I investigated into it, Susie says that the song was written uh, when she had heard about this particular thing. The song's about saving women from certain religious customs in the Middle East that would have had them stoned to death for getting pregnant before being married. But I also have a comment that I'm not going to get in my religious commentary about this. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's what Susie said the song was about. And that's fascinating. And I think it gives it some, technically some punk credibility. Because punk rock, as we've probably discussed before, often had a lot of social and political commentary within the lyrics of the music. Um, this, Susie the she's technically being a post-punk band, uh, having such a strong political message within their music with this song um, gives them some punk street cred but the song's so dark it is okay moving on number 11 Down in the Park by Gary Newman and Two Way Army <laughs> right uh, released 16th of March 1979 it was the first single from their album Republic uh, Replicas Republic Republic I can't even Republicas. read Republicas yeah Republicas you know that, that that group called Republica I don't uh Baby, I'm ready to go. Still don't. It was like in the 90s. No, oh, that's they I like tuned out. Trying to be like an electronica kind of. Oh. Thing. I I might recognize it if On I. On the rooftop, shout it out. Maybe. 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 <laughs> they were so. In other words, they were. So. Ba- oh my God! Can you stop? <laughs> so. Ba- Sorry, God. So basically, they were one step behind Big Audio Dynamite in the 90s. <laughs> There's a reference for you 90s kids. Get on that one. Anyway, um, it was the first single from the album Replicas, and it's about a weird dystopian future where there's a park that androids with human skin kill human beings to entertain spectators in a nearby club. That's weird. 
And when we first made our lists yeah. of possible songs, this was one of those uh, songs that we shared. Mm. Oh, so this was a duel? Yeah. Both our lists? Okay, yeah. Cool. Okay, moving on. So much respect, man. Yeah, well, of course. It's we have you know, great, mind, human, great, you know? great minds think alike. Yeah. So um, number 12 on my list, uh, probably the longest song on any of our lists. <laughs> It is the... It ain't no Stairway to Heaven. No, it's longer than that. I stairway know. to Heaven was seven and minutes. And this is like and 12 or eight or... It's I 10 and change. Okay, yeah. At least on the album it is. It might be longer on the single. Yeah. Dominion, Mother Russia by oh, the Sisters of, Mercer. <laughs> Sisters of Mercy. Can't even talk. Have Mercy. It was released 13th of November, 1987. And somehow I think a song on your list was released that same date. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, it was from the... Fl- I will... Uh, Okay, check. go through there and check. Uh, it was from the Floodland album. Now, in this song, it's notable that there were six background singers and 40 choral singers. Because, as Andrew Eldridge said, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> yeah. So. At the time. Yeah. Um, good song, though. And a fun song. You know, anybody who uh, is into, like, the really dark, the dark, obviously goth songs has heard that one. So, oh, it was in Dulce Decorum that was released on the 16th of November, okay. 1987. But still, I mean, three days apart. Yeah. So, okay. Fucking goth 1987. Right? Well, they knew I turned 18 that year, and they said... We and gotta, they knew I was starting school, and they're like, oh, well, she's growing up. She's we gonna get eventually get into us. Gotta get the goth for Sid. <laughs> okay, number 13, Dark Entries by Bauhaus. Dark Entries. Dark it was a entries. single released in January of 1980. Yep. Uh, and and the band Hole, previously mentioned and featured on your list, yep. used the song's main riff on their song Mrs. Jones in 1991. Yep. So totally we, ripped that shit off without but, a care in the fucking you know world what? because Courtney Love. And also give Courtney She don't give a fuck. Give Courtney a nod for recognizing her goth street cred there. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before how Kurt and Courtney both had like a lot of punk and goth sensibilities or mm-hmm. background or whatever you want to right. call it. Um, it's just not obvious because the way they were marketed and produced and, and released yep. is not very clear. You know, everybody says, oh, Nirvana, they were the first grunge band. They weren't, they weren't even technically grunge as far as I'm concerned. They had maybe some similarities to Same some of the Same with Hole. Hole, to me, was through and through a post-punk band. Oh, God, yeah. They were absolutely a post-punk band with goth influence. Yes. You know, so yeah. So anyway, so there's that. Number 14, as we're getting uh, towards the end of my list, Atmosphere by Joy Division. The A-side. <laughs> the A-side of a previous song by Joy Division on my list. <laughs> uh, it was released 18th of March, 1980. And it was released originally as a France-only single. Uh, John Peel. <coughs> we will definitely edit that in post. Well, I'm the one that's the editor, so maybe. You better. Go ahead. John Peel played this song for the first time on his show on 11th of March, 1980. And Dead Souls the following night. Um, we've mentioned John Peel's name a couple times tonight, but I don't know that we've ever mentioned who John Peel was. John, wasn't he like a, a just a producer? Yeah, he was a producer. He was involved with the BBC. Yeah, there was he a lot did, of uh, live albums that yeah, were released. Yeah, he did a lot he, of like... He was lo- like the... Uh, he was the person that made bootlegging a thing. Well, he <laughs> you know didn't really even bootleg so much, but I know, it was but, just like... But he, he's he the would, one that, that made these rare live... Well, yeah, for the BBC. Performances. Would, when the band would be... And most people couldn't get that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The band would... the band, These bands would be playing on the BBC on his show. 
and he would record this these things and then later release like Peel Sessions albums or or mini albums like EPs and singles and whatnot and they were different versions of the songs and I'll tell you I remember back in the day when I was out buying my goth albums at uh, what was it uh, Replay Records mm. right mm-hmm. um, like if, if they oh it's like oh I've got a Peel Sessions CD in here it's like oh crap give me that I want that you know you go over there and buy it and uh, and and John Peel went on for a long time yeah there was go ahead I was going to say, I mean, the White Stripes had stuff released by John Peel. Yeah. So. Uh, like Replay Records, there was yeah. this place, like, because my first job was Baskin Robbins. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and right. right next door was called uh, Beat Music. Yes. And they had posters and imported CDs and singles mm-hmm. and bootlegs and mm-hmm. all kinds of crap in there. Yeah. And it was just... it. Well, and they sold stickers. Well, one and, of the guy and that opened patches. the guy that opened Beat Music wasn't he one of the original owners of Replay Records? I don't remember. I know that the one guy that worked there, his name was Jay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm pretty sure that. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And I think at the time he was already in his late twenties. Yeah, well, because there were two guys that opened Replay Records back in the early eighties. But these two guys opened Replay Records in Modesto, and I think they had one in Stockton as well. But then. For whatever reason, I think there was a falling out, or they were just they were like done. One guy wanted to like, he's like, I'm done doing this. And he wanted to close it, and um, but the other owner opened Beat Music. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, I loved Beat Music. I went yeah. in there and bought so m- I, I spent a lot of money in that store, and it was so convenient because I'd be like, Oh, I'm on my break. I'm gonna walk next door and right. talk to Jay. And yeah. sometimes I'd be able to put in requests mm-hmm. for things. Like if they didn't have it, then they might be able to get. A hold of it. I bought my first CDs from Replay Records. Yeah. The first Didn't CD Replay I ever. Did Replay eventually move over onto Stanford, which eventually I think turned into a yogurt shop or something like oh, that? Oh, the, the TCB where the TCBY yeah, is. Yeah, they yeah. They moved next to where the TCBY. Okay. That TCBY. Yeah. Um, I we're way abreast uh, or abroad from my list, but that's okay. We're still doing this in time. Um, yeah, the first CD that I ever bought was a Depeche Mode import single of Just Can't Get Enough. <laughs> so, um, so that was I, your first CD ever or first CD single? The first CD I ever bought, I believe. My first CD I ever bought was The Joshua Tree by U2. Just remember, though, that the CD as a musical format was released to the public in 1981. Yeah. And it didn't really take off for a while. So when I was buying a CD single, say in 1987 or 88, that was still, it's like, whoa, you got a CD player? You must be rich. Wow. Yeah. You got a CD player that cost like $300. I bought a CD player for my parents. It was the first CD. I, I bought, by the way, I bought that CD single before I had a CD player. Because you wanted it. I wanted that Depeche Mode <laughs> like, okay, single. I'm getting it. Yeah. But I bought my parents a CD player in, I want to say, 1988 for like 150 bucks. Very basic one. But my dad Just was... a single disc player? Yeah. One, one CD and the tray. And my dad was all like... Wow, look at this. We got CD now. We're all cool and stuff. Yeah. And it was so funny. And then I, and he thought he was so clever. And this is, at the time, one of the most dad of dad jokes. But we were playing his Stevie Ray Vaughan CD, which, again, Stevie Ray Vaughan, fucking talented. Mm-hmm. And it was, one, it was probably my dad's favorite musician mm-hmm. ever. Uh, so we were playing his Stevie Ray Vaughan CD. And when it got done, he thought he was really clever. He says to my mom... Hey, flip the CD over. Let's listen to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Did she go for it? 
Almost. Oh, man. She was like, what? I, Brad. You did that with a laser disc. Like, hey, can you turn the record over? Right. I want to watch the rest of the movie. You know, right? <laughs> well, actually, I have seen uh, dual-sided CDs. Yeah. Usually what they are is they're... Um, yeah, I think I... Yeah, they, yeah. They were like... I, I can't I remember what it was. I know exactly what, was. what you're talking about. There was about. like on... I, or maybe what it was is it was uh, like the video information on one side and you mm-hmm. flip it over like data yeah, and like, video on one no. side and audio on the other it was audio on one side and then the other side you could put into your computer yeah it was video and data stuff yeah and that, yeah yeah exactly. i remember that shit yeah okay so we got two more i songs. know we kind of got off uh the we, list but we got a little tangent there but that was good information it's awesome. I like so it. okay number 15 i think this is the no 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 you had songs more recent than 2009 didn't you yeah 2010 so barely yeah okay you have both the oldest and the youngest song on these lists. Anyway, my song. This is my guilty pleasure. Uh, I, I will not lie. He's lying. I'm no, I'm not lying. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a kind of a cheeseball song, but honestly, it is a good song. It's My Heart, Your Hands by Domin. Now, those of you who don't know who Domin is, Christopher Domin is the guy's name. And he's got kind of a goth slash rockabilly kind of look. But he's also very romantic. Yeah, very like romantic appearance. He's always like everything is very serious and and flowy and yeah. and dark and yeah, yeah. He wishes he was a vampire and I mean I mean I make it fun of him, but honestly I, I saw him. Fun of him? You're just I am kind of describing. Yeah, but I, I I saw him in concert. He opened. Who did he open for? Did he open for the Birthday Massacre when we saw yeah. him? Yeah, he opened for the. Because it was him, and then it was uh, Black Veil Bride. Black Veil Bride. <laughs> right. Um, and then, but I saw him another time too. Master. He opened for someone that I saw. Like, I think that he even played with Melissa Oftermar. He might have. Um, God, I can't remember who he opened for that I saw him. Oh, Comic Christ, maybe. Are you sure? Or was it? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, what's their fucking faces? Skinny Puppy. No. Uh, oh, Crew Shadows. Yes. It might have been the Crew Shadows. That sounds like a yeah. It sounds like, like a better it. fit. Yeah. Anyway, I did see him once before. I'm and like, what's the fucker faces? Yeah. <laughs> the but dude with the head, the violin shit. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this is my wife. She's dancing. You're yeah, great, buddy. Play your songs. I'm dancing in the inside, or on the inside. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I told the story when I danced on stage with yeah. him at the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, so the point being, I did see him in concert twice. And honestly, he put on a great show. He was super gracious. He didn't seem to be like pretentious and full of himself so much as more yeah, just somebody not who... Yeah, cocky. Yeah, he just genuinely wanted to play his music. But I really actually do like this song, and I do think it kind of gives the epitome of what people think. It, like, anybody that heard this song, that's fucking goth. That's what they would say. Mm-hmm. You know, why is this song so goth? I really think they would say that. It's kind of like... But uh, it's a good song. It's well-structured. Like I like it. Him. Yes. It's a lot, like the same kind of Yeah, yeah, I would put him in genre. the same, same kind of, of in the same grouping of musicians. It's almost like a, a goth opera yeah. kind yeah, of deal. But way better than Meatloaf. Goth rock opera. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Out of Hell, man. That was goth opera right there, huh? Yeah, and then there was Bad Out of Hell 2 <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> notice there are no Meatloaf songs on our list. And I would yeah. do so, so this song, it was first released on the album. God damn it. Okay, can I talk about yes, My ahead. Heart, Your Hands by Christopher Dahman? Yes. Okay, so it was first released in the album Mend Your Misery, which is a very goth title, uh, in December 2006. 
It was re-released on the Domin EP in 2009, which, by the way, was exclusively released through Hot Topic. So, yes, take that for what it's worth. Because think about it. Birthday Massacre music was sold at Hot Topic. That's true. And so was Black Veil Brides. Yeah. And they were all on the same tour. And we Bla supported Hot Topic. And Black Veil Brides was also not Which on Which I was not afraid to support Hot Topic when they first opened no, up our mall. Because I was like, oh my God, now I can finally shop in a store that has clothes I like. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, it's more expensive though, but shit. <laughs> but the, the song also appeared on his album Love Is Gone in 2010. So he, I mean, he was really he pushing that song. He stretched that one out. He was on three you know, albums. Oh. Yeah. You guys, I, this is the best song I've ever written and song in my life, and my, you should hear it. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it yet, by the way, it's re-released. So my understanding, too, <laughs> is that um, he had some trouble with labels and working with to get his working with them to get his music out. there, and So there was kind of a little bit of issue there. Um, and so, so that's why we haven't heard anything from them since his second album in 2010. And it's also hard. I mean... Yeah, you got. I'm sure that he has a lot of people that follow him online, Probably. enough to, like where he can stream mm -hmm. on some sort of platform. And I think he has done some of that. I think he's got like some internet only stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but I think a lot of his dough is going to come from touring and selling his yeah, merchandise. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to to be self sufficient in this it day is. and age like yeah. that. Okay, you got and so much competition. Yeah, so much. Okay, so last song on my list, number 16. A classic, Swing the Heartache by Bauhaus. Hmm, never heard of them. Never, Bauhaus? <laughs> Bauhaus. Is that, is that? Who's Bauhaus? that? Bauhaus? Who's that? Anyway. I, I've never heard of Bauhaus before. Right. Uh, it was released. All right. No, I've, I know I've told you this before, but I had this friend in high school. Oh my gosh. And she, she thought she was so cool because she liked Bauhaus. Right. I'm like, isn't it? Bauhaus? No, it's Bauhaus. Bauhaus, yeah. Brandon and I always called them Boohays. <laughs> Boohays? Oh, you want to listen to some Boohays? Put on that Boohays cassette. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. One for me and one for our homie. One for our homie. In Norway. <laughs> All right, my glass of wine is empty, but... so Mine's not. Swing the Heartache by Bauhaus was released 19 October 1982. Uh, it was track number four on the Sky's Gone Out album, which is a good album. I like the album cover. It's a neat album cover, mm -hmm. isn't it? Um, which was their, was that their second to the last album? Yeah, because they had an album in 1983. Yeah, the, the last album was Burning from the Inside. Burning from the Inside, yes. There you go. Thank you. And then they had, but Press Eject and Give Me the Tape was a live album, right? No, no, it was a singles collection. It was a singles collection? Yeah. Which one was the live album? Or no, maybe, maybe Press Eject was the live, no. I don't remember. Honestly. We're getting so old. I know. We're old goths. We can't even remember I know, our fucking right? information. But I want to. I want to add this. My last entry there is uh, Alternative Press in 2001 said that this album was one of the top ten essential goth albums. And I don't disagree. They're not wrong. They're and not wrong. I miss all those old magazines. I know, right? But I want. I want our listeners yeah. to remember that 2001. Alternative Press said this album was one of the top ten essential goth albums. And I want you to write into the show. Write into the show. Email us. Text us. Hit us up on Discord or MeWe. And tell us that you support the fact that that was one of the top ten essential goth albums. As named by Alternative Press in 2001. But also remember... So that we can then make sure that that song gets its just due or just desserts in the voting. 
I want, well, here's what I was going to say. Remember, here, okay, so here. that said. Give me your glass. Oh, well, here. Okay, I got to pour more wine. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That okay, maybe so yours, not mine. Your last entry, Swing the Heartache by Bauhaus, yeah. is described as one of the top 10 essential goth albums. And my last entry was Romeo's Distress by Christian Death, which was called the Gothic album to out Gothic all others. Who called it that? I don't know. Uh, that's a good point. I don't know either. You're the one that wrote that down. Yeah, I know. And it was so, I thought it was a really interesting It would be point. interesting if both of those songs went head to head. Part of me wants to just randomly, of course. Part of me just wants to put our lists together without randomizing and just go one through sixteen down the list. No, no, no. But, I want to randomize No, it. we I have wanna, to because I want that's everything to be fair. The rules of the game are randomization. I don't okay. wanna be biased. Okay, you're right. I don't either. Um, so, I'm, I, even though I'd, I would love to have one of my songs take the top because I'm like that. Who you know? won in the Can we get trophies for this? No. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, no. I, I'm trying to remember. Who won the 80s New Wave? Good question. I could look on it. Was it David Bowie? <laughs> was it David Bowie, indeed. Um, hold on, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch Shit. over to my Google Drive. Go back to season one, 80s New Wave. Modern Love by David Bowie. And the Dance with Me by Lord... No, like Self-Control by Laura Brannigan. It was not. I really wanted no, to try was. to somehow sneak Laura Brannigan in on this list. Let me tell you. Because oh, no. Okay, no, I remember. It was Sweet Dreams by The Eurythmics. Oh. And it beat out Dance with Me by Lords of the New Church. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I... Yeah. I wanted to somehow sneak Laura Brannigan in on this list because but that'd be a two for you've been snuck two things in in this fucking because, list that were on previous lists. Because Christ, go ahead. For the basic fact that well, she did a cover or a, a reinvention mm -hmm. of Der Commissar. Yes, called Deep in the Dark. Yes, I know. And that's a dark song. You play it often, but not as often. Self control. <laughs> That, I mean, yeah, you might think it's a cheesy 80s song. And it is. But it does have some dark... Entries by Bauhaus. No. <laughs> it, it's mysterious kind sure. of. Sure, no, I get I don't you. Know, like, I get you. Uh, I, I, you know. And then if you watched the freaking music video, you'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Was, this is kind of creepy. Yeah. You know, so it, you know what? You it know makes what? sense to me. It does. Here's what I want to say about and all this. And she's dead, and you can't get more goth than that. Yeah, I know, right? So, and Dave Vanian's not. Neither is Peter Murphy. I mean, come on. Yeah, he almost died, though. He did almost die. So, here, here's what I want to say. Then, now that we've done our, you know, our goth rock intro in the last goth rock episode, we finally did it. it. Listen to it, and now we've done our song lists. We're ready to go to voting, but. Because when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it sooner or later. Sooner or later, yeah. We won't lie to you. So. But here's what I want to say about that. I mean, I hope that our listeners can gather from the way we've talked about this list that both of us are passionate passionate about goth music. We are goth at heart, which is the best kind of goth is the goth at heart. Because if you listen to it, listen to the way we talk. And this is something I've been noticing about this. We talk about other music that we like that is clearly not categorized as goth. I mean, we talk about the Beatles, right? Or mm -hmm. we'll talk about Laura Branigan. Or we'll talk about... Barbara Mandrell. Well, I don't know about Crystal that. Crystal Gale. Well, anyway, my <laughs> point being is we've mentioned many artists tonight and songs tonight that are not technically gothic rock songs, yet we've we showed how we them. can appreciate what they ha have to offer in relation to gothic rock 
stylings and whatnot. And I, I don't know, I think this is something for the gothic rock genre in general. I think it permeates more music than the general public realizes. It is, uh, you know? it's inclusive. It is, and it's and it's a powerful force. There's there's a lot of it. Like, and, like it's, and, and I mean that in more ways than just different genres and sounds. And no, I know I exactly mean, what you people. mean. Absolutely. And I think that at the heart of it, that's how it became a thing. Because, yeah, you could get all these... The dog is dreaming oh, and whimpering. Oh, <laughs> I love him so much. Anyway, uh, um, you think about the time that all these people came together, mm-hmm. that not many people had a lot in common, especially in school. I mean, they're the freaks and geeks and, and oh, yeah. weirdos and, oh, and yeah. creeps. And, and oh, my gosh, yes. You, you know, people that wanted to come out and didn't know how but could take it into an art form mm-hmm. and find not only music but other people that complimented them and made a movement out of it. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I can say that in the in the 80s, late 80s, when I was really, like, introduced to and got into, just identified with and just totally immersed into the goth scene... Um, makeup for men right but what I was but what I was gonna say is that when, when I got introduced into it part of the appeal to me was the fact that um, first of all like the, the whole goth scene around here where I lived was um, guy liner <laughs> god damn it no Sorry. what I'm saying is um, <laughs> just thinking like oh my gosh it was, guy liner started with goth yeah it was kind of small it was kind of a small scene and and so we had to like necessarily include other things so like the punk scene and the goth scene and like the industrial music scene, which in the late 80s was basically just skinny puppy and it had so much overlap with the goth scene. Uh, it became its own movement after that. But my point being is that we all had to kind of be together because there weren't enough of us to really be like a, a scene, a group of people. So we, we cross-referenced with each other in that. And I just, I remember, you know, there were people of all different ethnicities, all different walks of life that were in the scene that that, that liked the music, you know. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't like it was a style of music that were just for white dudes. I'm looking at you, 80s hair metal, mm-hmm. right? Um, it wasn't a scene that was just for, like, uh, people of color, African descent, you know, uh, I'm looking at you, early hip-hop. But I will say, though, to be fair, Hip-hop did break a lot of boundaries with that. Mm-hmm. It really, really did. We should probably talk about that in a later episode about music in general. Maybe it'll be on another thing. You know, but I mean, there were, in, within our just small social circle of the goth kids here uh, in this home little hometown area, the, the greater Modesto metro- metropolitan <laughs> area. Metropolis. Yeah, you know, because that includes Modesto and surrounding environs. Um, and surrounding farms. Yeah, right. But it, and surrounding tiny, and surrounding <laughs> tiny towns of population two thousand five hundred. But <laughs> I mean, there were white kids, black kids, Mexican kids, bo- men and women both. Uh, um, yeah. People. Uh, There's a, a very strong Assyrian. Oh and yeah. Indian. Yeah. I mean, we population. were all there. There was some. I mean, there was somebody from every walk of mm-hmm. life within our group. Maybe only one or two, but we were all there. And the fact was, is that I, I think that there was an identity with the music. And, and like we talked about in a previous episode, you know, gothic, the, the aesthetic of gothic is kind of, 
I don't want to say a celebration of necessarily, but like a recognition of the darker side of life. The fact that, you know, yes, we live and we also die, but it's okay because that's how things should be. And the fact is, is that that's for everyone. That, that, that's, that, that's true in every culture. And you, you go back to, you look at any culture's history, and I mean, every culture that has their either religious or just cultural practices. Or superstitions. Or superstitions, yes. They all had a procedure of dealing with death. Mm-hmm. When someone died, there was a thing you did. You know, maybe you took the body and you washed it, or maybe you wrapped it in something, or maybe you... you Dusted it with something. Pl- yeah, you, you, you put it in a place on display for some time, or yeah. whatever. Lied and lied. Yeah. Lied in state. You're right. <laughs> Every culture has their traditions with death. Is that pro- did I say that? Lied in state? No, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's right. In state means... Or, or would have been laid in state. Well, if you were talking past tense, but I don't know, maybe. I don't know, I'd have to look at it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we, we are not a grammar podcast, we are a music podcast. But I always I do always question myself and I'm like, wait a minute. And I have to go back to like, what did I learn in school? I know. Lay and lie are two verbs that often give me trouble. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we got our list uh, listed for yeah. y'all. Um, we're we did it. We've got well over an hour of raw footage here. Um, I'm going to chop this up a bit when we get back in, take out some coughs and sniffles and whatnot. pee breaks and pee break. Well, I paused. Oh right yeah, now. you paused it. But um, but yeah. So there you are. You got our lists, and um, we're talking about possibly having another drinks and talks episode next. Mm-hmm. But we or a, a, it would be like a crossover. Oh, that's right. The drinks and adventures talks with of peanut butter and beanie. Peanut butter and beanie because, oh yeah, that's right. We're, tomorrow we are going wine tasting. This will be the first year that we will be doing the tasting together because in prior years... We've not had a sitter for the kids. Yeah. So it was always just a family affair. Right. We go, yeah. So, so th- we're adulting tomorrow. Yeah, we're adulting tomorrow. And by the way, it's for those of you who are curious, it is the Riverbank Cheese and Wine Exposition. Yeah, not the wine and cheese. It's right. the cheese and wine. Everybody called it the Wine and Cheese Festival. No, it's the Cheese and Wine Exposition. Yeah. So so we'll be doing that tomorrow, and we're planning on recording. We're going to be tasting some wines that, tasting and some beers wines. and cheeses. Beers? They have beers there, yeah, too? Yeah, they have beers there. Oh, well, that's good news. So we'll do that. And cheeses. I'm actually excited about the cheeses. Yeah, me too. So, I'm not gonna <laughs> I am lie. so I, I could never be vegan right. because of cheese. I know, right? All right. Well, um, do you have anything else to add? Not really. Good episode. I think we yeah. got a lot covered here. It's it, been fun. Okay. I, I think this, I think, I mean, yeah, our 80s new wave list was fun to do, but I think yeah. this is my favorite. This So far, yeah. The, because this is closer to my heart. Well, yeah, I think this is definitely like in a general genre thing. It's, yeah, it's not about nostalgia or about, like, oh, well, remember yeah. when? This is like, okay, the music that would like, whether we listened to it when it was new or now, yeah, you know, we listen to it regularly. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's good. Um, contact information. Do you want to do that? Sure. Go ahead. It's I'll a, drink my wine while you do it. Sid versus Coco eleven at gmail.com. Yes. That's S Y D V S C O C O one one at G M A I L dot C O M. And if anybody doesn't know how to spell gmail.com You're fired. Yes. <laughs> fired. Okay. Uh we are also on Discord. Discord, Discord. I don't know how to 
say a link to find us. But yeah, if you, it's kind of weird how yeah. that works because I don't know if we're searchable by. Uh, here's yeah. the thing: we're if, new. If you're, yeah, if you're on Discord and you can search for channels, search for Sid versus Coco S Y D V S C O C L. That's us. Uh, I think you have to ask to join the server, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But we're there, and by all means, come and join the discussion with us. We have about six. Well, not counting us, I think we have. <laughs> four or five other people that are on the channel, but we talk there and actually that's our primary method of textual communication with our uh, close friends to yeah. plan weekends and stuff. But yeah. we're kind of trying to phase out the hangouts. Yeah, yeah, we're phasing out the Google eventually Hangouts because that that's supposed be to thing. sunset next year. So yeah, so come join us there. Also, we do have a page on MeWe. If you're not on MeWe, you can go there, M-E-W-E.com. Although I've been told it's pronounced Mew. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Mew. But find us there, Sid versus Coco, same thing. If it was thing. supposed to be Mew, I would have thought that they would not have put that second E in there. But not Mew like the cat. Anyway, I don't know. There's all sorts yeah, of whatever. We're, but we're there on, on, on that. So you can find us there. Um, and we do have a Slack channel. I'm the only one that ever posts there. But if you're on Slack and you want to find us, I will add you to that channel. I think that's it. That's it. All right. Well. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. I have to pee really badly, so. I should probably actually, cut it out. I should probably punch it out right after that first good day show you did. Yeah. Unless probably. we're gonna give us another outro. Uh. something but I think I have it says you can comment on oh, okay. do, you, do you want to be able to edit it let me do this no I, I'll remember you sure because I can when I can we come it. up to it it's something that I can't like here, forget anyway. doom. editor permission changed so yeah so you should be able to edit it now that's fucking goth